You're listening to a 9to5.cc podcast. Hey everyone, welcome to Go Plug Yourself. We've been talking to awesome people in Montreal since 2011. Just a friendly reminder that if you're going to be buying anything on Amazon.com, Amazon.ca, or Zazzle.com, uh, go to 9to5.cc first and click the links at the bottom or in the sidebar so that we get a bit of that money. Uh, f- also, follow us on Twitter, like us on Facebook, and enjoy the show. Go plug yourself, you plug another plugger. Go plug yourself. It's no storm. Is this episode ninety eight or ninety nine? This is episode ninety eight. Ninety eight. Ninety eight. Ninety eight canon episodes. Ninety eight. Yeah, because we have various episodes that it's exist about outside of canon. Twenty three non-canon episodes. Yeah, exactly. We're over a hundred, even though we're actually building up to hundred. And I was thinking about this er, earlier on the drive up to where we are that we've often had guests from the sports entertainment world. Sport. We've had a few sports entertainers. Exactly. We've had uh, we had Pat Pratt on, who was. We're not going to just listen. To no, no, no. I'm just saying he's them. like writes about. Sports entertainment, aka wrestling. We've had a couple of wrestlers on, but we have a. I think, I think our first legitimate person from the s- real sports world. <laughs> legitimate, <laughs> the actual. Fuck, have I got from bad the actual news for world of sports? <laughs> yeah, I mean, we've had we had some of the Derby girls on. Yeah, okay. Yeah, e, I, um, yeah I don't want to don't want to detract from the world. Yeah, Derby wanna, you gotta from the world there. where people make money in sports. Sure, because okay. the Derby girls do not make money in sports, despite their they're getting there. They're, the league is starting to make some money. So today we have Justin Montreal Canadiens goaltender Carey Price. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> not the same money. No, no? not the same money. Guys. Our guest today. I, in, I, in I, actuality, I understood that. I understood <laughs> that anytime you did any work for the Montreal Canadiens, you just got a flat rate, which was Carey Price's salary, right? Like hot dog vendors. Uh, like the guys yes. cleaning, everybody just gets carry prices out. Carry yeah, price money, yeah. yeah. Flat rate. Yeah. Our, our guest nice. in actuality is uh, Justin Kingsley. Justin Kingsley. Hi, Justin. Thank hey you for, for letting us into your home today for no apparent reason. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks uh, for coming. I'm, I'm kind of <laughs> glad for this storm. Now yeah. I can <laughs> sit on a sofa, put my feet up. Yeah, no, it's way, way, way comfortable. And uh, Justin Kingsley, if you haven't heard of him, I guess most recently you have your uh, photo exhibit at the Phi Center right now. Uh, yeah. Covering covering the training of yeah I MMA did, uh, it's icon. called Georgian guy and or Guy and Guy's okay. this uh, this priest with a black belt okay and he's uh, been training with George and uh, Kyokushin Karate for years for over a decade is that how you pronounce that because I read that and I had no idea how to pronounce <laughs> yeah, Kyokushin that. Kai. say I it say it again <coughs> Kyokushin okay or Kyokushin Kai yeah, from I've never come across that uh, from my extensive knowledge of uh, the Mortal Karate Kombat. Karate Kid Mortal films, Kombat one, two, <laughs> Mortal Kombat, yeah. Street Fighter. Uh, I haven't seen that at all. Uh, no, no. Well, that's the school of karate that they practice. Okay. okay. And this priest is a, a black belt, and he's a legit dude. So uh, he and George have been good buddies for a long time. Was that was that George's initial foray into martial arts? Is that why no. he still does it, or he just he no, picked it up later? Like, in did his George St. Pierre start as like a, an altar boy, and then like from the tutelage of this yeah. priest become very like, religious yeah. person? Yeah, <laughs> is George St. Pierre an assassin for the church? Yeah. Well, <laughs> that would be pretty cool. That would <laughs> be a good film idea. Assassin, Maybe George I'll write a film about George. <laughs> but it's basically it's essentially the the plot of Kung Fu though come to life. That <laughs> yeah, there's this yeah. holy man who's also can yeah. just well. That's kind of what I found interesting about it. I mean. George and I have become really good buddies over the last few years, and and we're having eggs and bacon. And I'm like, so what are you doing this afternoon, George? And he's uh, 
He looks at me, goes, oh, I'm going to this church. Uh, my friend's a priest there, and he's a black belt, so we're, we're going to do uh, karate katas, which are like choreographies and karate, mm-hmm. in the basement of the church because he built a dojo there. And, like, I nearly spit up my coffee, <laughs> and I said, can you repeat that for me, please? <laughs> repeat you everything know? that you just said so it doesn't yeah. sound like the setup from an 80s film. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so he, he explained it, and I said, man, George, i got to be there. i got to go. And, and so we rushed here, and uh, I, I, I grabbed Points to the inside of his house? Yes. yes. Oh, that's right. <laughs> I should, uh, they can't see me right now. No, that's no, it. Okay. Not unless we've changed something that I don't yeah. know. No, 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 no. no, no. We, we don't know? have a camera. Okay. All right. Cameras in rushed the car. Rushed to my it's house, got my camera, got all the film I could out of the fridge, and uh, we went to the Sanctuaire, the Grand Seminaire, the Grand Seminaire de Montréal on Sherbrooke. Right. And, yeah, and the, you go in the basement, and there's this room, and it's been turned into a dojo. And for the next three and a half hours, these guys did uh, katas. So you just walk to the basement, and there's the dojo. It's not like some, like a situation where you're, like, pulling back a candle or something. There's and no it, secret like, entrance? secret entrance, Well, too. actually, I mean, it's a little <laughs> freaky <laughs> okay. because you walk into the, the seminar, and it's this grandiose place. Right. And, then, and then you walk the halls, and there's history everywhere, and then there's the – the hall, there's a great hall there where they do amazing uh, organ concerts. Mm-hmm. And then so we walked through all of this, did a little tour. Then we, we went to the, the back of the building and then through this little uh, antichamb, this chamber where the, the students who are studying at the seminary have a leisure room. Mm-hmm. And then at the back of that leisure room, there's a door. <laughs> and you open that door and there's the rickety old wooden staircase you go down these stairs, yeah. turn the corner, and then you're in this weight room from the 60s. And connected to that weight room is the dojo. So, I mean, it's not, you know, there's no, like, secret thing you pull, but it's, it's, it's out there. Yeah, you're still wondering where the hell you're going it's, when you're just walking. Man, like, it's out there. I was there, and I'm, <laughs> I'm like, where are we going? And even when you get, get there, judging from the photos, like, the ceilings looked really low, and, like, you're definitely in a basement, like, from – Looking at the photos, it seemed very like I like it looked isolated. Like it looked kind of. Listen, there are no windows. Yeah, it's dusty. The walls are moldy. <laughs> um, it's old, you know, and the lighting's terrible. Yeah, it's, that's been fun to shoot. It, 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 <laughs> well, <laughs> actually, for me, it's part of the fun because, yeah, yeah. like, uh, it's part of the reason I shoot film. It's part. It, it's it's like that room was made for for the kind of photographer I am. Yeah. Okay. Because I've got some buddies who have taken up digital photography in the last few years. And, you know, they go on safari in Nairobi and yeah. they come back with these amazing photos. But mm. if you go on safari in Nairobi with a $10,000 di- digital camera, you can trip and fall and you're going to take an amazing picture. <laughs> you know what I mean? So yeah, yeah. I, I went there with my film camera, mm-hmm. film, no flash, no tripod. And I was, we were in one room for four hours. So I guess just every, all everything else just came out through the developing and whatever. Do you have like you well, know, one do you do your own how you frame room? a picture? Yeah, of course. But. Right, everything I print is full frame. Okay, none of this cropping shit. Uh, you I'm can swear, it's no problem. problem. Yeah, yeah, no fucking cropping. <laughs> no bullshit. No, yeah. hey, I don't like that fire hydrant. I'll just remove it with Photoshop. Yeah, like I see people who do that stuff, and I think it's great, but it's not photography. It's another form of art. It's composite composition art. I don't know what it is. Yeah, it's yeah. just, it's not a, a picture. Uh, it's not a recording a moment in time that's a fact, that's a story. And that's what 
fascinates me about this. So. Yeah, like light hitting film, and then that's it, right? Like you're you don't get to fix it afterwards with anything more than I guess how much you expose it in development. That's like no, like uh, I wish people could see what's on the wall right now because that picture up there is a picture of m- my wife's face, and reflected in the sunglasses is two uh, two things: me and Venice. So that's a self-portrait, and oh it's yeah. a picture of Venice. And I, I won an award for that picture. Yeah, but it's sick. But, like, you got to be on the boat at the right place. Oh, you're on a gondola in that? We're on a, we're on a gondola uh, uh, going – or yeah, like a taxi gondola, like just going from one – a shuttle gondola or whatever it is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then I look, and, and I see the reflection in, in her sunglasses of the city because when you're, uh, when you're trying to create something different, then well, then you say, how can I shoot – a city that's been taken in picture a cabillion times yeah. differently from the way everyone else has. Yeah. And so that's the that's what I I guess I, I liked about that room is it's one it was a huge challenge and and you know how do you make it warm? How do you make yeah, it yeah. raw and and so and then once you do that then the paper you choose, the way you 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 print, the colors, the warmth, then it all comes together, but it's a process. It's not some guy tripping when he falls out of the yeah. truck in Nairobi, and oh, there was an antelope. You yeah. know, like no, 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 for sure. Like I, uh, like I literally just bought a DSLR camera because I don't know how to take photos, and I'm amazed. And I'm like, this looks not bad. And I'm like, and I don't know what I'm doing, but I know a lot of people who are photographers, and I'm like blown away by traditional photography and like just how they frame something and how everything. Because like, you, you have one shot. You also don't necessarily have the, the. Not the ability, but it's like you don't have the space to take a thousand. You're limited by how much film you physically have on you. Whereas, like, versus two hundred and fifty-two clicks, bro. That's it. That's <laughs> how many times my button pressed that. Yeah. The the trigger that yeah. day. Two hundred and fifty-two yeah. times. Yeah, exactly. As opposed to a, a digital shoot would probably be in the thousands. That's the same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I call them. They're called drive-by shootings. Because, uh, you, you know, you just keep clicking. We've even reached the point where with some cameras, like the red digital camera, mm-hmm. you film something, and you can isolate a frame if it's perfect, and print that. So if you can isolate and also crop a frame, well, fuck. I think it, maybe it's fantastic. Maybe it's beautiful. Maybe I'll put it on my wall. Yeah. It's not photography. It's a different thing. It's a different medium. Yeah. And I, I think it's great, but I don't. I, I mean, I, got a, I have a record player. <laughs> I have a film camera. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? I like the scratchy sound when you put the record on. Yeah, and I think and I think that there's laser disc player? Uh I did. I got rid of it. See? Oh, man. No, but we were just great <laughs> image though. Right. <laughs> great. No, but no, amazing image. You had it was Braveheart. I had the first thing oh, I had was nice. Braveheart right. on that laser disc, which was about the size of a vinyl record, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it was but about. Uh, it was about the same yeah, size. They're great, yeah. They're, they're like kind of like record sleeves because you put the entire thing in it. Yeah. Right? Like. Yeah. No, but we were talking about this. <laughs> Walter and I were talking about this driving up. No, but I'm just saying. I think there's kind of like a resurgence of appreciation for some of these like these forms. Like we were talking about Hateful Eight being screened in 70 millimeter because it was like no matter like they were talking about no matter how good they've gotten digitally we still don't have anything that projects as nice as 70 millimeter and, str- and strangely they're going to release they're going to release star wars in 70 i heard star wars well, I which, heard which, which makes very little but sense it, yeah i was like i was like i don't really care about an effects film on 70 millimeter yeah. like i don't know if you've seen hateful eight or not yet but i have not seen it seen that one yet but i've seen star wars yeah and i saw it in 3d yeah and i, I was kind of like 
why the hell did I watch this in 3D? Oh, I hate movies in 3D. I like. Didn't I, make any sense. If if avoidable, I yeah. hate 3D. But I don't films. see it on 70 mil either. Yeah, uh, uh, Lawrence of Arabia. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, that's it. I'm Which like, was shot yeah, originally Odin's. in 70 Yeah, exactly. But hate, Hateful Eight is almost like all the. I think almost all the effects are practical effects. And there's no CGI or anything kind of mm. going on. I, I spotted a little bit of CG with some of the blood splatters and stuff. Maybe, but, but apart from very, that, very, very, very uh, minimal. So it's like watching it on seventy is kind of is kind of nice. But I was like an effects film. I'm like, yeah. what am I watching, and why does it have to be yeah, on seventy millimeter? Uh, no, I, I've always par- part of the charm, the, like the, the the coverage from that photo exhibition with George was yeah. amazing. But part of it was people haven't seen film photography prints in so long. Yeah, yeah. Do you have your dark room in the house here? Or Pardon me? Is your dark room in the house or is it somewhere no, else? No, I have a dark room in Toronto. Okay. Um, so you have to go all the way to Toronto? to. Like no, to this one I did it differently okay. because it's color. I do black and white in a dark room in Toronto with okay. a guy named Fabrice Stripoli who's one of the best dark room printers in the world. Okay. Uh, hands down and a really good friend of mine. We co-founded an organization called Contrast Photo which is for people who don't do digital manipulation right. of images. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I do color, uh, uh, what I do is I shoot film, and then I scan the film high-res, clean it up, and I print it digitally. Okay. But what you do is I found a paper, uh, a torchon paper, a cotton paper, okay. Okay. that when you print on that with color, it, looks like a, it almost looks like a painting. Okay. A lot of people were saying... Well, like when they were looking so at the I guess the, the colors frames, get kind of absorbed they into bleed, the... They yeah. bleed into yeah. the paper. Yeah. So people haven't seen that in so long yeah, yeah. because digital photography is, quote-unquote, perfect. The colors are perfect. The resolution is perfect. Mm-hmm. I got stuff that's out of focus because yeah. I shot it at 1 30th of a second and the guys are moving, so there's movement. Yeah. So the eye is, is not sharp. And people haven't seen that in so long that it was part of the charm that <laughs> that people liked. It's amazing. I'll, I'll say this. Everything you're telling me sounds impressive and uh, worthwhile. It also sounds really expensive. <laughs> yeah. Your passion sounds remarkably <laughs> expensive. Like, yeah, it cost uh, – listen, I, I, I sold some prints, and I'm going to try to sell some more. Yeah, you better. And last, <laughs> I, I got a call last week um, – to do the show in Toronto, and then as there's to other do, people to bring the, 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 bring the show to, to Toronto, to Toronto? Mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. Uh, and then other people I know are saying, "Just you got to travel this show. You got to go to Miami. You got to go to LA. Mm-hmm. You got to go to New York." And there's GSP's a market. got a global brand. So he's like, he's yeah. globally known, yeah. and 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 it's great that people who know are saying the the, the shots are of that quality. <laughs> but you don't do this to make money, and it's why I shoot when I want to shoot. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like I have a good living, and and you know I make a good living in doing stuff I love. Mm-hmm. But photography is I learned. Well, listen, I was a CP reporter. I was making great money. I quit. I spent two years on a buddy's sofa, and it turns out that that buddy is, is a great photographer. Was so it the, the person you mentioned previously? Uh, no, a different guy, Richard okay. Sibold, okay. fashion photographer. And uh, so he just started teaching me, and that's how I learned. Mm. And I'd go to the dark room with him, Image Works in Toronto, where it's owned by Ed Bertinsky, the, the great famous photographer. And so, but I realized watching those guys shoot their fashion shoots, their catalog, their mm. magazines, I didn't want to do that. Right. <laughs> I didn't want to do some commercial stuff where I've got to get this model and she or he has to be perfect. And fuck, I don't give a crap about that. Yeah. I love cap- trying to capture a moment and telling a story with a picture. So I knew right away it wasn't going to be a money-making thing. But yeah, this thing cost, um, when you look at the cost of the paper, the framing, 
film, digitizing your film, the labor that goes into that, uh, it, it's a deficit proposition. Easy four or five hundred bucks, right? <laughs> yes, yes. That's what I, I mean. I'm, I did yeah. some quick math in my exactly. In my Walter there. just thought of the biggest number he could. Yeah, four or five hundred. <laughs> <laughs> But I feel uh, you. I feel for you, man. But, you know? bro, that's why I put money aside. <laughs> yeah. I put money aside to be able to do stuff like yeah. this because I, I care about stuff like this. And, and I think it's part of what's well, who I am. And, and, yeah, I hope – like I sold a few f- at the Montreal show. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I tried to do something a little cheaper so that fans could get a picture of George – that they're going to see differently. So I do one that for t- 250 bucks, I'll do a smaller print mm-hmm. of one of the photos on a different paper, mm-hmm. and you just run them off. It doesn't look as nice as the final yeah. product in the gallery, but you know what? A GSP fan has a shot of him in a different, w- in a martial arts world, yeah. as opposed to that UFC entertainment thing right, where yeah. he's yeah. always got his shirt off. Right. You know, like he's actually wearing clothes in yeah, exactly. pictures. With 100 lights on him and super, like, super, super different. So you touched on you, you mentioned uh, that you know like this the photography thing is the only thing you're involved with and, the, and you mentioned a couple of those other things and when I when I initially heard about you or when I was in when when Lisa this is an you know shout out to shout Lisa, out to Lisa, shout Lisa out to Lee Lisa, Lee's another <laughs> Lisa Lee she's the best yeah she yeah. is the best and then yeah Lisa Lee is a, a big part of making this episode possible yeah um, but when Lisa introduced or told me about you last week and it was it was in the context of the photography exhibit. And, and then, but then I read the bio sheet, and it kind of reads like you know, like an alternate universe, like Forrest Gump or something. <laughs> 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 Where you know, but I don't, I don't know. Yeah, if yeah, you, no, no, you, no, you no, yeah, 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 yeah. So, so you do my version is life is like a box of bullets. Yeah. <laughs> so, but let's let's so like let's rewind a little bit. So before the photography, before your friendship with or collaboration collaboration uh-huh. with George Saint Pierre, as you mentioned, you were you were a CP reporter. That's what I started. That was it, my it, first real job yeah and i went to the concordia journalism school yeah man we're graduates yeah uh and uh, i uh, aside i gave the keynote speech this year at the 40th anniversary of concordia journalism school and four students showed up so i I was was really proud not invited i was not asked to speak (laughs) it was like the graduation or no it was like a 40th anniversary deal okay four students nice well you know so ones. you go, you're thinking, man, I'm the keynote at the fucking 40th <laughs> anniversary. And there's 35 or 40 people in the room, yeah. but they're all just, well, faculty not just their, their faculty, faculty or their people who are really in tune and, and listening. But then I was there for the students hoping, you know, I can help Inspire these kids understand. Kids. <laughs> That's what happens when you make events optional. One yeah. student yeah. for <laughs> each. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just say the ego took a bath yeah. that day and it brought me back down. It was a student per too. decade. That was uh, that's <laughs> a very good way of putting it. Yeah. Yeah, One like student that. for so, yeah, each so decade. So, well, so I'm sort of like, as I'm trying to piece together your chronology as yeah. I remember it here, and then so, at, so, at some point, you become the press press secretary? Yeah. Press secretary for Paul Martin. Yeah. And how did that happen? Okay. While so he was prime minister. Yeah. While he yeah. was prime minister. Which, again, we get so close to people with the prime minister. I know. We never yeah. got the prime minister. We were, we were this close to, to, to nailing down Trudeau. This close, <laughs> maybe not that close, but I felt there was at least. I a feel chance. like now we're Would a lot further. This close, now we're a lot yeah. further. I think, yeah, exactly. Right now. Yeah, now now that he's in office, we're. Just well, screwed. if I get bored with all this sports and writing stuff, maybe I'll uh, I'll run and become yeah. prime minister so that and you we'll guys can like have one on your show. Episode right. 
Perfect. Episode. Perfect. They'll be precedent uh, for that. Uh, we do twenty five a year, so like an episode, episode 200, 250 yeah. or something. Yeah, I'll so. need a couple of years. Yeah, at it'll least, be like yeah. maybe ten I've years. Heard you've got to prepare for this. Yeah, yeah, ten years down the road, and I don't think you need to prepare that hard. And th- so the Paul Martin thing. The <laughs> yeah, press, so I, that I happened start, when? That was when. Uh, uh, it was his first year in office. So I mean, Harper was in office for so long; it kind of like erased all my other memory yeah. of previous prime ministers. Yeah. <laughs> so that um, was yeah, it was ten years of Harper, and then what? So I started out in 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 journalism, print journalism, right. A writing for CP, wrote for the Gazette while I was here as a freelancer, okay. and freelance for magazines. Yeah. So did a lot of magazine writing from you know stuff in Canadian Geographic, Ottawa City Magazine, and just wrote features. I really like writing features. Yeah. And then features um, and CP <laughs> sports and politics. And then I, I I one day I just decided I can't do this anymore. I can't I can't I just couldn't do it. I didn't feel it. So I quit. I spent two years on a buddy's sofa. Uh, learning photography and working literally as like the whole two years right on the sofa didn't move okay that's impressive 432 pounds yeah, I was gonna say I was like uh, I was like you're in pretty good shape now I was yeah, like we yeah. rebounded real well from living yeah. on a couch for two years and I was a bus boy <laughs> in a, my buddy's club that's how I made money to pay for the sofa for the sofa right for the sofa uh, yeah my buddy opened this club Unamas and he was like you want to be a bouncer a doorman a, a bartender uh, and I said and no, 450 I be pounds a bus boy. yeah <laughs> yeah exactly, <laughs> exactly. And I uh, learned photography, and then I slowly started freelancing uh, for a PR and GR company, government you relations. You skipped over one thing, another credit that, that you mentioned to me last week. Yes. The male modeling. Yeah, I, I really want to know more that. We'll come, we'll okay, come back to All that right. in a moment. <laughs> uh, uh, my goodness. <laughs> I mean, I, I looked in a spoon, and I realized I'm unbelievably good looking. I so, know. Well, oh, no, wait, that's a movie. <laughs> um but no, so I did that, and then I I, uh, I started doing work for uh, in GR, so figuring out strategies to put pressure on people, and Did I you found say GR? Uh, government relations, okay, lobbying. Right. Thank you. And I and and and, I, and a lot of those are pharmaceutical clients and awful clients like that. But you learn. So it's kind of like lo- like what like what would in the states be called a lobbyist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was I was registered as a lobbyist. Cool. And and so, but you start figuring out ways of. Of working with the media and and putting pressure on, on on governments to make decisions in favor of your clients, and then from there I developed a, a, a liking for managing crises. <laughs> we need a GR guy. We need a GR guy. We need yeah, a lot. GR is very. That good. sounds good. Yeah, <laughs> it's fun. It pays well. I mean, at least only problem is, is you kind of feel like you're working for the Antichrist sometimes, <laughs> but sometimes <laughs> it can be very good. No, but we want we, we uh, want lobbyists. For us, let's encourage Lisa. To just push our own personal <laughs> agendas. Let's, let's oh like, yes, yeah, exactly. Let's encourage Lisa to, get, to go Excellent. into a new line of work. Yeah, just exactly. to like take yeah. that next step. Yeah, and all of a sudden we got a GR <laughs> friend, become not just a, a lobbyist. Yeah. Exactly. But so guests on the podcast start to be big pharmaceuticals and cigarette companies. Yeah, and yeah. yeah. cigarette. Fun. I always refused. Oh, okay. always did, refused. Fun, cigarette. Funnily companies. enough, my you said funnily again. M- I know I did. Funnily enough, my dad. Uh, oddly enough. Oddly enough, or amusingly <laughs> enough. <laughs> real words. Real words. Oddly. No, my dad works in uh, spring manufacturing, and <laughs> he funny every time. does aerospace. <laughs> he does aerospace stuff, and he doesn't take military contracts. And he also had a huge. Doesn't con- take military contracts. Doesn't take military contracts, despite being in aerospace. And yeah. also, all in the seventies or eighties, he uh, refused to make napalm. No, refused. <laughs> backed out of a huge contract for Imperial Tobacco. Same reason, because he yeah. was like, he's like, he's like, listen, and he like slowly changed his his. Why do cigarettes need way. springs? The, the <laughs> God damn it! <laughs> <laughs> the machines that make the cigarettes. We do could it. do just an hour on the spring thing. <laughs> yeah. Either way, um, but I'm just saying, it's like, and he was kind of he got out of cigarettes before he got yeah. out of the military, even because he was like. 
He's like every year two calls lobbyists. Yeah. A we uh, are not lobbyists, uh, uh, headhunters, mm-hmm. and say, hey, uh, we're looking for what company? And then they mention a tobacco company, and it got to the point where I'd say, guys, if you're working for tobacco, don't call me because yeah. I'm not going to do it. I've lost people I love yeah. because of that shit, yeah. and I'm not going to support it. I'm not going to work. You in put that a line field. and you you stick with it, right? Like yeah. <laughs> so so but so, we, so I did a lot of yeah. crisis management. Okay. And so I applied for a job in the federal government as spokesperson for Communication Canada, which was the government of Canada's corporate communications wing. Okay. Of which you were going to be the spokesperson. Yes. That's a very meta position. It's a, and it to was be the a, spokesperson for a communications organization. Well, and it's the government's corporate comms wing. Right. So I met the deputy minister, and I found out I was the only applicant for the job. <laughs> and I'm happen? like, why would it's great money, yeah. uh, a, a pretty like senior position, and I was in my late 20s, and it's because it was right before the sponsorship issue. <laughs> uh, and nobody <laughs> wanted that job because that was going to be the big like, file. Like a lot of people saw shit flying at the fan and yeah. were like, no. And, and that stuff. <laughs> so did you get thrown into the middle of all that? I, that's, I mean, that was my file. That's oh what I God. got hired for. Holy crap! And so, <laughs> well, I, li- I like that kind of stuff. Okay. Crises because you just come, yeah. Because you're coming. It's out like of the the, I call it, it's like a storm. Okay, it's like a um, it's like a hurricane. The <laughs> safest place in a hurricane is in, in the eye. Sure. And if you can stand to be in the eye and you just move with it, and you can you can stand looking all around you at all the insanity swirling around you and the danger, and you're you're not going to be tempted to put your hand in there, but just stay in the eye. Then you can manage crises and certain and, and so and i i found i had that ability and that i liked crises so on a on a on your average day in the middle of all this how many grown men are you watching cry on it like per day because <laughs> <laughs> i imagine it, it was there's a few it was uh it was pretty uh honestly it was pretty rough there were some I people bet, who yeah. really took it well, hard and took it personally yeah. or felt targeted when they didn't deserve to be targeted because the reality of it is is it was a ha- it was a, a handful of people who had figured out a loophole in the system and they were exploiting it and they were no longer exploiting it but we had to explain this to Canadians right. that it wasn't a 250 million dollar uh, disappearance it was it was a s- much smaller amount a few hundred thousand dollars which is still unacceptable and it was over a sustained period. 5 years 5 yeah but these but you, you still have to explain this story to people to get the benefit of the doubt from them and i i liked that job and I remember being quoted on the front page of the Globe and Mail about stuff that really wasn't fun, but it just didn't phase me because I had a long-term goal to manage this file and, and help clean up the program, which is what we did with with Mr. Goodale, who was minister uh, right. responsible for Communication Canada at the end of it. So it was an awesome experience, but this got me noticed by the PMO, Prime Minister's Office. So I, I and so when Mr. Martin became prime minister in December 2003, I applied because I wanted to be a director of communications for a minister. I never thought I would even be considered for PMO, but I got an interview, and Mario Lagu, God uh, bless his soul, um, interviewed me, and then he said, "Well, I'm looking for a press secretary," and I was super disappointed because <laughs> I thought he meant for a minister, and I said, "Well." And I didn't want, I tried to hide the disappointment. I said, well, for who? And he said, for here. <laughs> and I, I, I looked behind me. I physically looked behind me. <laughs> and I said, you're Point. talking to me. <laughs> and he started laughing. Really, he had this great big laugh. And he goes, yeah, for the prime minister's office. And I, 
like my world changed. So and you yeah, were what, probably like, around thirty at the time, maybe. Like yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, that's yeah. And how and long so did you do that? I well, Walter, we are we're, we're fucked. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're not even press secretary. Yet. Well, I'm not thirty uh, yet, so I'm okay. Oh yeah, it's gonna uh, happen next year. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I jumped Next on six months. It. I jumped on oh, yeah. it. And, I'm sure uh, as you do. It was the best. I, and I, I was there for a year, only a year. Mm-hmm. And I hated it. I, like, I <laughs> loved it. No, no. I loved yeah. I loved it, but I the experience was, a, 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 in many ways, a huge disappointment because they got people like me without a partisan background on politics because they wanted uh, fresh ideas, people who thought differently mm-hmm. and who would bring something new and fresh to politics. Mm-hmm. And that's what I tried to bring. Plus, your last name doesn't sound French-Canadian, so no. right away, that yeah. was probably a plus. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it turned out <laughs> that the 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 a lot of the people that's not what they were looking for. Not Mario, but the other people in in the office were looking at uh, yes people. Yeah, yeah. Who were going to do exactly what they wanted you to do and maintain and status quo. And that's I'm it. not that kind of guy. I'm just not that kind of guy. So I knew after after eight months that this wasn't right for me. So I, I stuck it out for a year to you know give them a chance to find somebody else and. Uh, and yeah, so I leaped. I went. This is when I went to the creative world. So I went to Cassette in Montreal, right here in Montreal. How, how did that one thing just sort of like? How did you parlay the the, the experiences? I can only, the doors must be open coming off of a yeah. press secretary. Like I'm just like yeah. with the, secre- the 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 with the resume that has press secretary to the prime minister. Yeah. Um, and that you weren't like you didn't leave because of some like disgrace or something. No, yeah, exactly. It wasn't. In fact, and I was the only person at the end of that year <laughs> from clean. the communications office who didn't have to publicly apologize for something I'd said in, in the media. I'm very proud of that. That's that's impressive. <laughs> that's yeah, uh, that's good. Because uh, there were a lot of, of fuck ups uh, by a lot of people. Um, <laughs> that whole period was kind of like one big <laughs> fuck up. Well, it was a it was a missed opportunity. And mm-hmm. um, in what sense? Uh, well, gosh. Well, how long who? is the, our conversation? Well, who but like a missed opportunity for whom? Oh, for the government and power, for the team that Mr. Martin had assembled around yeah, him right. for himself. No, I mean, I think that like without you, obviously would know better. But I mean, like outwardly looking in, the Martin government came off so badly that we ended up with the Harper government. When we like, started, it had the highest rating. <laughs> yeah, the of approval any, rating was through the roof. Of any PMO in the history of Canada. Yeah, the highest ever. And then the first election came, and and it went to minority. Yeah. And then the next one, it was Sayonara. Yeah, it was like a total and and I think there was a lot of arrogance when we started. You know what I mean? One of the messages was we plan on being here ten years, which I like. (coughs) These are some of the things, and we killed. We actually like the sponsorship program that I helped clean up and redefine was fantastic, and we killed it. And I asked, why are we killing this program? It now works. There are no outside agents. There's no way that anyone can misappropriate yeah. funds. That's mm-hmm. what we've just spent yeah, yeah. two years doing. Yeah, but it, we need to show Canadians that we won't stand for this anymore. So it was just that kind of, And that was a mistake, if you want to know. My opinion is it was a huge mistake. Well, it sounds a lot like the gun registry, right, where you, where yeah. you spend so much time and money in putting going into this thing, and then you just sort of ditch it, and then it ends up... So that so that you look like you ditched it and you yeah. say this is on and and, know, yeah. and that's uh, you know there's an expression lancer le bébé avec l'eau du bain yeah you know, yeah throw don't throw the out the baby yeah. with the bathwater yeah and that's what that's what it was and I you know like everything I do is about can they uh, no no it's fine what no. we're hearing downstairs is uh, Justin's child being thrown out with the bathwater <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah no you'll you'll that's amazing barely barely hear it and what you do <laughs> hear will be endearing. Yeah. Leo, uh, <laughs> Leo's first uh, interview. Yeah, fantastic. exactly. That's it. 
21 months old, and he makes a lot more sense than yeah. I do. And I love, um, I love the thing that happens with babies where you can hear your your wife trying to calm him down, but like that's just exciting <laughs> him more. He's like, now that I know I'm not supposed to be making this noise, I'm going to make so much yeah, more of it. It's totally that. Yeah. But uh, but to get back to the, the Martin thing, yeah. I just realized uh, I needed to do something else. So I'd met the head of Cassette, the, uh, the, the president, mm-hmm. and he said, when you're ready to leave politics, uh, give me a call. And Cassette, just to clarify, that's a big uh, PR firm. A uh, big uh, marketing, marketing firm. Marketing firm. Uh, in, PR, in advertising. Yeah. Uh, is it, does uh, it extend beyond Quebec or is it? Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah they have uh, in. Uh, yeah. They're huge. Okay. Huge. I should probably know this. Um, uh, <laughs> they're, they're listed on the, I think they're still on the stock exchange or maybe they, they took themselves off. I don't know. It was Canada's biggest uh, marketing firm for a while. You know, McDonald's, Bell, right. mm. all those big, big campaigns. So I went there. And a literal new chapter in your in your forest complex life. Yeah, that was like <laughs> let's try to do something different. Right. And uh so I went in through the PR door, but I started working on creative campaigns with uh, with Coke, uh um, like Don Draper. McDonald's. Don Draper uh, wanted I Coke and he got Coke. <laughs> I, mean, I was waiting well, to say it, but Justin Kingsley, I mean that name doesn't sound entirely legitimate. I feel like there's like a <laughs> Like a Dick, uh, Dick Whitman. Yeah, d- a, 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 Dick, a Dick Whitman, Dick Don Whitman. Draper situation. There's a, there's a turn coming here. Somewhere in somewhere in the government situation, <laughs> Justin took someone else's life. <laughs> Actually, lately, I've been in all these debates. We're hearing about Syrians and everything. I'm mm. telling people I'm from a refugee family. <laughs> just, so, and, just a stir and, debate. And they, and they laugh, and I go, I'm not fucking kidding. Uh-huh. Kingsley is a loyalist name. Right. So when there was the American Revolution, some people stayed loyal to the, the British crown right. yeah. and came up to Canada thinking they would go back to their homes when the point. Brits would win the war, right. and it didn't happen. Yeah. So we're refugees. My, my ancestors are refugees in, in Canada. And, uh, you know, there were people here before us, uh, you know, from, you know, the Hurons, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. the Iroquois, the Mi'kmaq, all those great people. Yeah. We forget that stuff. Yeah. And it's just, uh, but that's another debate altogether that we really don't need to get into. Seriously, <laughs> but, we're uh, gonna have like a three, four part episode. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Justin, we're just back. Just, we're gonna have, yeah, we're gonna so have, we're gonna have Justin on politics. We're gonna yeah. have Justin on sports. We're gonna have yeah. Justin on photography. <laughs> it's gonna be for the next yes, month or two. Yes. It's just gonna be Justin. Just Justin. <laughs> exactly. Just that could Justin. be like a that's new fine. series. Fine. Just I'm Justin. Totally fine with that. Done. I like okay. it. <laughs> done and Let's done. Where like uh, Keith and Walter spend a long time with people who had more interesting lives than them. Well, so that way I started going into the ad world, the marketing world, and doing these these campaigns. And it was the start of social media. It was the start of things happening online. Right. And so having to create experiences and thinking about stuff differently. So mm-hmm. it was a perfect fit for a guy like me mm-hmm. uh, who who's found different ways of pack, packaging stories throughout his career. And so that's what I started. Cassette, Bleu Blanc Rouge, uh, and then Sid Lee. And now uh, on my own for the last couple of years and... If you want me to explain, w- the the easiest, simplest way is I'm trying to be a modern version of a Renaissance type of man. Mm. Which you, I mean, is, it's it's become abundantly clear that you are. Um, yeah, exactly. And I think I still got a long way to go, but uh, but thank you for saying that. I guess. And and I mean, in terms of you know repackaging stories and telling, you're still doing that, and you're doing that now and now you're doing that for the Montreal Canadiens yeah. organization yeah. amongst other and you know for people like George St. Pierre and yeah. well like before we get we get to the Canadians thing you know uh, 
I guess what led to you having bacon and eggs with Georges St. Pierre was you, you helped to you you cope you co-penned his his. I was at Sid Lee, and uh, I I developed um, essentially how we would turn him into a brand. Mm-hmm. I, I I that was my project, so I worked on that with this uh, kid named Raph Lapin Bleu. I hope uh, that's his nickname. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lapin Bleu. He loves it when I call Blue him Bunny? Lapin Bleu. Blue Bunny. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, but uh, yeah, I, 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 I found a way to turn GSP into a, a consumer brand and right. then I wrote a marketing strategy to build that brand uh-huh. and it went really quite well cause he's the best client I've ever had in anything and the most authentic person I've ever met. So we did that together and then, so I got the chance to write his book and his book was, uh, well, it was a huge success. I yeah. mean, it was a New York Times bestseller. It was number one in Canada. It was number one in Quebec. And so, but then we found we just, we get along. We're both, well, we're both kids who were kind of rejects when we were younger. You know, he was a bullied kid. I was a big time <laughs> reject, no friends, that right. thing. And, and so I don't know. We just, but we don't, he's a no bullshit guy and I'm a no bullshit guy. So we really just get along. And so we became buddies and then, and, you know, we started, uh, I was fat when my wife had our son. And so uh, he told me, you're fat. Why don't you come train with me? <laughs> and so I said, you're right. I am fat. Let's start training. So you'll train with me? Sure. And we started going, you know, doing weights and gymnastics. Is there any way to Pilates. say no to George St. Pierre when he says that to you? Like, oh, there's a lot of people who say no to George. I, I, don't, I don't understand them. I don't I understand would, I would them. like if, any, if anybody who is like in like – MMA guy was like, let's train together. I'd be like, sure. sure. Like, just to, A, out of fear, and B, out of, <laughs> out of, I'm like, that would be motivating because I'd be like, oh, this is a guy hey. who knows exactly what it takes to get into shape. You know, The like, joke is, is uh, gordo fofo, which is Spanish for fat pig. Right. And when I'm under pushing weight and I'm getting tired, George looks at me and goes, on way, gordo fofo. <laughs> That's and fun. he reminds me that I'm a fat pig. And when George St. Pierre is standing there, <laughs> Telling you, calling you a fat pig. You're a fat pig, buddy. You're like, ah, and you start pushing that weight, and and I so feel we like found I go to the we have this, cry. we have the same mindset. <laughs> I would just uh, be there, and be like, I'm uh, no, eating uh, a candy bar and stuff. Just super uh, sad. Uh, so we have the same mindset. <laughs> we know we're not concerned with not knowing stuff. Right. I'm, I'm fully aware of my ignorance, and I don't care. It's okay to be ignorant about a million things because I got till I'm dead to try to learn him and he has that quality where everything's just let's just learn and get better at stuff and I'm the same way and so we got along and that's why Saturday morning we were going for eggs and bacon I've I've uh, had two close-up experiences with George St. Pierre uh, the first one was the first ever acting gig I ever got it was on a commercial for an energy drink and uh, I was playing the role of a of a, a, a sound person or like on like it was like a commercial within a commercial kind of thing yeah and, uh, and and I was a sound person, and and my whole role was supposed to be trying to figure out where to put a lapel mic on a shirtless George St. Pierre. So I got to hang around a shirtless. This was for Nas. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yes. Yeah. For the, uh, the, the was like Nas a, Energy. Yeah. yeah a couple yeah. years ago. One of his sponsors. Yeah, that yeah. still sponsors him now. Yeah. 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 Nas Energy drinks. So yeah. yeah. No. If you go Nos. back and watch the commercial, you can see you can see yeah, Walter. Just, just you watch the Nas commercial. Yeah. The, the Nas. Nos. Yeah, great. Yeah. Nas. <laughs> Not like a guy who's at all affiliated with JSP's brand or anything. <laughs> Nas. Nas. Is that the Nas? Nas Energy drink. Sponsor. Longtime sponsor of JSP. Nas. Good stuff. We're all gonna be super. 
excited about it again the show because we're all drinking uh, knots. Uh, uh, uh. And then the second time was when he almost uh, – he didn't – I hesitate to say run myself and my wife over. But, uh, yeah, he came we, – <laughs> I was crossing the street. Were you jaywalking? I, no. We were, were you crossing, at fault? We were lawfully crossing the street <laughs> in the old port. And this big uh, – I think black, it was, a, uh, was Range Escalade Rover. or a Range Rover. Range Rover. This big, this big black like, yes. Range Rover comes like – stops right at the line. And we kind of like, – I look up and I'm like – Oh, okay. I won't get upset. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I'll leave this one alone. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's, uh, he's a really nice guy. And really, but like when he's I, he's a much know. better fighter than he is a driver. Let's just leave it at that. Yeah, he seems like a pretty cool guy. So, like. well, that's the thing is is he's just George, and that's the thing. He's just that's who he is, and when you treat him like he's just George, that's what he wants, and it's it's a little weird because I forget he's GSP. Right, because right? you know, and then and then someone comes up for a selfie, and you're like, "Oh yeah, that's right, yeah, he's yeah, yeah. super famous." I asked him if he was buddies with Brock Lesnar. <laughs> you're like, Brock Lesnar. He said, "Not so much." <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, it's a different uh, weight class. I don't know. I'm yeah. not really an MMA Very guy. Different. I'm not really. Were you Were you into? I was wondering uh, when you were working with Sidley, and, and I guess did you get the account, or were you looking for the account for GSP? And no, it was actually I was walking in the hallway, and his managers were were I just met with the president of Sidley. Mm-hmm. And uh, and he goes, oh, Justin, the president of Sidley, Martin Gauthier, said, you, you know sports. You're into sports. Because I, w- I got hired at Sidley to do the Olympic campaign okay. for Adidas in 2012. Right. And, you know, I'd done Vancouver, the, these things in sports. And I'm like, yeah, I, I like sports. He goes, you know George St. Pierre? And I'm like, yeah. He goes, do you think you could turn him into a brand and write a strategy? And I lied my face off. And I said, absolutely. That's always a good answer. I've found that's, that's often mm, a good answer. Like I, I learned it in journalism yeah, school. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. No, you'll, I, you got, you'll figure it out. You're yeah. going to figure out. Yeah, yeah. That's what journalism school teaches you. You're going <laughs> to figure out a way my life. Like, that, to get the story, I, man. I don't have the skills necessary to do my day job, but. That's how I got it. <laughs> I mean, I do it. And so no, but, uh, I lied but my face off, and we got the contract. And then day one, I was like, "All right, so how are we going to do this?" And then <laughs> were you were you into MMA at all, or were you? Uh, actually, it's funny. I watched the very first uh, MMA fights: Akebono, okay. the Gracie brothers, yeah. Uh, uh, and and back then, it was really screwed up because there was no weight category. Yeah, there were no. I, I remember watching those old fights when I was a kid, and I was like, "What is this?" Like you were yeah, like, "What yeah. is MMA?" It was freaky. So it was like, like we got turned off after a little while because it was so crazy. Yeah. Uh, but then George got me back into it. And now I'm into it huge, and I practice it, and and it's uh, it's I I love it. So you 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 train MMA too, like you spar a little bit. I'm doing more. No, no I wouldn't no? say that. I, no, I train. I do kickboxing with a guy named Vic Terrio, Okay, who's the best uh, best coach you could hope for in kickboxing. His brother Jean-Yves Terrio is the Iceman. Okay, he was world champion kickboxer for 15 years, 13 consecutive years, world record holder, Jesus. the best of all time. And Vic is an expert in karate in the Canadian form of jujitsu. Okay. And so I met him at George's gym. And so I, I said, oh, I'd love to try this. And so for the last year, I've just been practicing that with him. So some karate, some kickboxing. So you're not going to debut in the octagon anytime? I'm 44 years old, bro. There's still time. It's still time. And they There's won't let time. me. They're, I've started sparring for okay. fun. Yeah. Uh, but sparring with guys who are not freaks of nature who yeah, are going to yeah, hurt yeah, me, yeah, yeah. because none of those guys. It's funny because I'll be in the uh, I'll be in the octagon, you know, and and then the guys are like, "Just your job's to protect your head here. Your job is your head. 
So like they're super protective. These guys, yeah, they don't, yeah, yeah. they well, don't want not you, to, hurt you right? to like, get damaged, and they <laughs> don't want you to get punched. But I absolutely. That's uh, this afternoon. I was at jo- at George's gym with Vic. Mm-hmm. Vic is the best. You seemed a little winded when we got here. Yeah, yeah. I was. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I got to go shovel after yeah. this. Oh, <laughs> but it's uh, honestly, it's changed my life. And that guy Vic, uh, this you know what you learn and and what you learn about fighters and. And I've been around fighters for a long time, and, and years ago I practiced a little bit of Russian martial art, and I did a little bit of Taekwondo before that. That's but nothing. Krav Maga? Uh, uh, it's called Spetsnaz. Oh, okay. uh, he just said, he just uh, made uh, up Sistema. a word. No, Krav Maga is a thing. Spetsnaz is the... Well, Spetsnaz is the special, the special forces, forces for the Russians. And, yeah, and yeah, yeah. then they have a thing called Sistema. That's the one. And there was a guy in Toronto named Vladimir Vasiliev who had a, a Sistema school. Oh, crazy. And it's a, the, the history of it is fascinating. So I wrote about that, and so I studied it. I tried to... I figure if you're going to write about something, you should understand it and, right. and practice it and understand what it feels like to get hit. And Ugh. and so I was into all these things. And um, and yeah, but now I, I just part of the Gordo Fofo campaign <laughs> is to do a little cardio with the fighting. And I found I, I'm in love with it. And uh, uh, apparently I'm all right. Apparently I got, a, I got a pretty good right hand. So it's good. And just to get back to the Habs thing. So, so Dan, just just to finish everything off, we're going to have a brief UFC career when you're like 46. Yeah. <laughs> then Prime Minister of Canada. Yeah. yeah. Minister, like, so it's. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to fight Dana White. Right. And, and then. then uh, yeah. oh, you can get on. You can get in on the uh, the CM Punk train, right? Because he's almost 40. And what's his face? I mean, uh, Ken Shamrock is still fighting. Yeah. How, yeah. how, how old was Ken Shamrock? Yeah. Who, who did I see fight a couple of weeks ago? A, a replay, and he was 46. Yeah, there was... And he fought uh, Lyoto, Mashido. Um, M- uh, anyway, I'll, the name will come back to me. But, yeah, it's not going to happen. <laughs> how, are we, how are we doing on time here, Keith? Uh, we're coming up on 45 minutes. So 45? We have so another few minutes. Well, that's a, yeah, so I just want like, to mention that the, the you are also the writer, or a writer, the writer for 24CH. The only one. The only writer... You watch the 24CH show. Keith, do you watch 24CH? Yeah, yeah, yeah. My mom loves 24CH. Oh, so good. I'm, yeah, because I, like, I mentioned her. she called. I talked to her right after I spoke to her. I'm like, yeah, I spoke to the guy that writes 24CH, and she was very impressed. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. Uh, so so how, like, so, and, then, and that gig came from, I guess, working with the, the Habs initially. Yeah, when I left Sid Lee, the, my first clients, the Canadians, they, they, they came to me, uh, uh, and uh, they had seen what I did with the Olympics and with George. And, and, you know, Kevin Gilmore, who's the president, uh, chief operating officer of the Canadians, said we should talk, you know, because he's trying to build a global brand with mm-hmm. the Canadians because the Canadians are our Yankees. They're our, sure, they're our Manchester yeah. United. They're yeah. a global brand. They're right. So, and I, I said that I totally agree, Kevin, because we're, our competition isn't really on the ice. It's the Bruins. But in communications, it's the Yankees, it's the Lakers, it's yeah. those teams. So we really saw eye to eye on that. So that was almost three years ago now. And I, I, so I started working with him and his team to, to redefine the brand of the Canadians, uh, uh, which, you know, the name is Club de Hockey, but the, the brand is Club du Hockey, hockey's team. Mm-hmm. Right? You change one letter, but it changes the whole significance yeah. of, of it. So we started with that. And then, uh, and then from there, they were doing 24CH, and and um, and so someone asked, you know, would you would you write the show? Someone at Attraction Media, mm. would you be interested in trying to write the show? And I'd never written a TV show, so that's magic to me. And how does writing 24CH work? Do they film all this stuff and then kind of give you a synopsis of what they have on film? It's a team. Or? It's really okay. a team approach. So we have a production meeting on Wednesdays, uh, where the directors there, uh, the producers there. 
um, a, the researchers there. There's a journalist who's fantastic. Like all these are top-notch TV people. Okay, yeah. who's yeah, the yeah, journalist? I can't uh, imagine uh, these uh, very uh, much. Uh, JP Jean Philippe. Okay, uh, La Rose, and he's a researcher, journalist, uh, uh, and and um, and so all these people. Uh, we have a meeting. We're about eight, uh, a couple of other production folks, and then we just start looking at what's coming up and what are the subjects we want to explore. Because the reason your mother likes it is, is that it's not just about hockey. Uh, That's uh, absolutely it, the reason she likes it. It's yeah. about <laughs> people. Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, and, and it's about hockey players and their lives and then the organization of the Montreal Canadiens. And people want to know about, about this. They want to understand what's happening. And I have a great example related to Dale Weiss I can, and I can give you after this. So, so we start looking at what are all the themes. And this is as a team. So we know for the next, you know, actually we plan weeks and weeks ahead and mm -hmm. we review every week what we're going to try to capture, what are the themes. Then we try to develop themes for each show. So this season, uh, we started right after New Year's. The first show was about the captain because we didn't have a captain last year. Right. So we did it about Max Pacioretty. And then week two, we went to uh, um, the AHL. Uh, AHL, and we looked at our, at our American Hockey League team, the mm -hmm. Ice Caps. Yep. And, and you know what I mean? Like, we try to look at a different perspective. And last year, it's funny because we had the chance, we had one crew available to go either to Columbus to the All-Star Game or to Winnipeg with Dale Weiss. And, 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 and you know, this was a big debate, and I said, no, no, no. Fuck the All-Star Game. Okay, there's going to be a cabillion journalists at the yeah, All-Star Game. you're going to be competing game. with a thousand cameras everywhere. We're not going to have access that we want. Let's go to Winnipeg and let's see what happens. Just follow Dale Weiss everywhere. And really? Is there like a Winnipeg connection with Dale He's Weiss? He's from Winnipeg. Winnipeg. Yeah, he yeah. was going there for the break. Okay. And he so, wasn't an all-star with that. And I get a phone <laughs> call. I get a phone call. Yeah, just, you're not going to believe this. I'm like, yeah, what? It was, we just left a uh, neonatal clinic and Dale took us there because his wife's pregnant and they found out the sex of the baby today <laughs> and, I, and i said that's good television did were we allowed to go film this I'm like yeah we have it all so i watched <laughs> the footage and she says his wife says and we're gonna call her jordana so that i can call out to her jordana banana <laughs> and i named that show jordana banana when i saw that i heard that i fell off my chair and i went that is what people want to know They want they want to associate with the players like they're real people. Yeah, they want to feel an emotional connection. Mm -hmm. So it's a teamwork. I write the words, the narration, but the reality is, it's it's all we we just try to imagine and find as many angles as possible so that people understand who the Montreal Canadiens are, what this organization mm -hmm. about, what role it plays in our society. There's a reason 80% plus of the sports news is about the Habs. There's a reason that Michel Terrien and Max Pacioretty have more media profile than Couillard or, well, Trudeau, I'm not sure, but uh, <laughs> give them a couple more years right. and then we'll be back. You know what I mean? Like, these are our heroes, our icons. They're the, so that's what we try to deliver with that show, which is why, because I tell you, if it was a show about hockey, I'd be the worst person to write about it because... <laughs> I don't know how you break out of the zone. Right. I, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I don't know who should be paired with who on defense. Yeah. And But I'm never going to pretend to be And I mean, guy. also, like, you, the sports stations are full of that anyway, right? Like, how many sports 
analysis shows do we have which are talking only about that anyhow? So they're great. I watch them yeah. so I can understand. <laughs> but I'm not going to compete with them. Yeah, exactly. I'm going to pick an angle they're not covering. Yeah. And then I'm going to try to tell that story. And can you offer any kind of like timeline on when uh, Carey Price might be returning from? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> well, first I'd like to show you some X-rays. Yeah. Um, apparently, say, he started skating today. Yeah. So they said skating. Uh, see, see, you do have an it. Yes, I <laughs> do. Well. He started skating today. No pads, no nothing. But he started skating because what we don't understand is it's a big build towards the season finale of 24CH, right? The, all the footage is in the can, and they're like, it's a whole yeah. thing for ratings. <laughs> 24CH is now the main goal of the app, And right? I don't want to give up anything <laughs> here, but next season, it's going to be called 25CH. Oh. Oh, oh no, no. shit. God, that would be so good. I said that with my legs and fingers crossed. <laughs> exactly, so. everybody. So it's not a jinx. It's, yeah. a, it's an homage to the ghost and Carrie, the request. Carey Price returned at Hockey Royal Rumble confirmed. <laughs> at <laughs> Hockey Royal <laughs> Rumble. <laughs> yeah. I don't know sports. But it's amazing <laughs> how many <laughs> hockey questions I get asked like that. I imagine. Obviously and I just keep telling people, guys, I'm not a source. I, I don't know. Are yeah, you yeah. allowed playing mise au jeu? I, uh, is that the gambling uh, yes. thing? <laughs> Are you As you can tell, I'm a huge <laughs> gambler. I don't gamble. I don't, uh, I don't like, I don't like uh, wagering money. I don't get a rush from it. No. So you are allowed then. <laughs> maybe. Mm. I probably am. Right. Yeah. We, my, girlfriend and I, <laughs> my girlfriend and I just, not just started, but like pretty much just started throwing on sports bets. Cause we His start, fiance. My fiance, yeah. <laughs> Congratulations. Fiance. Thank you. It's kind of newish. The generosity of women will never cease to amaze me. <laughs> exactly, right? <laughs> <laughs> this guy. <laughs> this guy. There you go. <laughs> That's one of my dad's lines, uh, by the way. <laughs> I think it's one of my dad's lines also. Uh, Scout's honor. Yeah, he yeah, thinks yeah. that's the funniest thing in the yeah. world. No, but that's it. We started watching more, uh, more and more UFC, and we started betting on the undercard to make the undercard more interesting. Because usually you kind of go, uh. kind of go in, and you know, you know what's going on on the on the main event. But you're like, I don't really know what's up in the undercard. So it's like you kind of read up on the undercard while you're thinking about your bets. You find out a little bit more on the fight. We like we're talking five bucks, like just to not a gambling problem. But I was like, it's kind of, it's an excuse to look up the fights and wow. see what the fighters are about and stuff, which is something I wouldn't. It makes normally it, do. It, it makes your heart beat a little faster. Yeah, exactly. And then I'm like, okay, I've read about this guy and I've watched some of his submissions, uh, and I feel that he has an advantage. It's like the Super Bowl. Yeah. yeah, you know, you have a Super Bowl party or a pool. But yeah, these guys party. who who pay hundreds and dollars and thousands of dollars in bets and end up in. I was like, no, I was like uh, five five dollars yeah. to be slightly more interested in the in the undercard. Yeah. That's that's a reasonable thing. Uh, Walter, do you have any last questions, or do you want no? Any let's questions? do let's do our, the five question segment, and then we'll cover the details of the uh, the five center exhibit. Sounds good to me. Alrighty. So every episode we do a segment where we ask the same three questions of all of our guests, yeah. and then we ask a ge- question from our, our past guest, episode. and then you ask a question to our next guest, who we don't know who it is. Okay. Just like the previous guest didn't know who you are. All right. Walter, do you remember the first question? First question. Yeah. Uh, what did you want to be when you grew up? When you were a kid, what did you want to be when you grew up? Holy cow. <laughs> you grew uh, up here besides Montreal? every job you've just described the last hour. Probably <laughs> the first thing that I wanted to be was a it's the most boring the shitty answer that a, a little boy can give, but I wanted to be a hockey player. And you I was going to ask did you grow up here in Quebec or I grew up in Ottawa, I'm a okay. Franco-Ontarian. Okay. And every Thursday night I'd watch La Soirée du Hockey and I played house league hockey. Right. Because I preferred non-contact hockey because mm-hmm. of the beauty and the speed of the game. Finesse. And uh, and uh, probably my first dream, and then at, at 14 years old, uh, I was still playing house league, I said that to a guy who was refing our games, and 
and he laughed at me and he said, you got to get a different dream because you're never going to play in the NHL. <laughs> and it broke it. And I found I wasn't that heartbroken because I realized I wasn't that great a hockey player. Yeah. But that would be the first, probably the first thing I ever That's wanted fair. that I thought yeah. I wanted to be. My, my Better janitor because the janitor at my grade school was a super nice guy. All the janitors in elementary schools were awesome. So I'd go on my, on when, day, when school was closed, I would go and I, for five, he'd give me five bucks and I'd spend the day helping him. So that's a better answer, and I think it's truer. I was janitor. younger. Janitor. I feel like he. I feel like that was like against some sort of protocol. Slave labor, probably. Yeah, probably. yeah definitely. Today he'd probably be arrested yeah. for that. But nice guy. Yeah. yeah. Nice our janitor. Glad to hear. Yeah. Our, our in Orleans, Ontario. Super cool. Got a big dude named Shabir. He showed me how to use that thing, you know, with the, oh, the, the, the waxing waxes? thing. Nice. And he let me operate it down the hall. As like, a kid, you could I mean, probably write it, right? That partly sounds grossly irresponsible, but also kind of cool. <laughs> yes, yeah. Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah. Seems very dangerous, but also yeah. probably every kid's dream. Excellent. Question to Mara Dose. Yep. Uh, fashion? Yep. <laughs> We've only been doing it like episodes. we're changing it um, up in two what's, weeks. What's man. the worst fashion choice you've ever made in your life? Fashion what's choice. Fashion choice. So uh, if your mom hair. dressed you up? Hair? hair. Was it a hair thing? And it was in PMO when I started in the prime minister's Ooh. office because I love soccer or uh. football, and so, and I have super curly hair. Okay. And I decided one day I was going to grow out my hair to try to get soccer player hair. <laughs> so for a year, <laughs> I let my hair grow out, and then I relaxed it. I had it professionally relaxed by a guy who had the same hair as me. And straightened, basically straightened. Yeah. Okay. And so <laughs> three days out of ten, it would be awesome. And I looked like I played for the Italian national soccer team. Five days out of ten, it was pretty bad. And two days out of ten, I looked like a total fucking idiot. Is it okay if we like sort of if we do some Google image search on on Justin Kingsley PMO? Find yeah, you probably photos. won't find any. There's no. not a lot of photos. Did you, did you make sure uh, that, that, did you make sure that didn't get out? Uh, but uh, I, could, uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, you try to tend to delete. I've never seen any. Because now I it's have my, one. It's and my it's, mission uh, to find this. Now I'll try to find it this for you. I think I have the photo, that we photo here. With this episode. <laughs> like it's it's. It, oh, actually, I, I've got some. I'll, I'll show you after. Nice. I'll well, even send it to excited. you. Yeah, really bad hair. Really. Uh, I'm bad. thinking. I'm, in my mind, I have like it's like like a semi like a semi Jerry curl and like and then like hat in the back. Well, that's what happens. Is yeah. like <laughs> when you have and when it's been a couple of weeks, yeah. then it start, some of the curl starts coming back. So right. then you've got too much product, but it won't tame the curl because you got a lot of curl. Like <laughs> I spent a lot of time thinking about this and talking about this with my buddy. So besides all the other and stuff you have to think of as the press secretary for the, the PMO, yes. there's also the the hair issue. Well, half. Halfway managing through, two crises at yeah. the same time. <laughs> Halfway through, I said, fuck this, and I shaved my head. And I just <laughs> yeah. went number one on the side, number two on top. Yeah. Merci, bonsoir. Fair. <laughs> Fair. Uh, question number Third three. Third question. Without thinking, what's the first name that pops into your head if I ask you who the best person ever is? Greatest person of all time. Uh, my mom. Great Ooh. answer. Correct. Ten and points. Correct. <laughs> You're and right. correct. Yeah. Uh, and correct. Suzanne. Grew up in Franco, Ottawa with your mom. S-U-Z-A-N-N-E. S-U-Z-A-N-N-E. Put you into hockey. Yeah, my aunt's name is Suzanne. <laughs> yeah, she came to, uh, what's that? My aunt's name is Suzanne. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, she, uh, man, name. she drove, she hated hockey, and she drove to arenas, mm -hmm. and she sat there, and, but that's not, I mean, no, no, now no, that no. I have a son, and, and I, you know, I, I've seen, he's 21 months old, but mm -hmm. I, I, I have a, I finally understand, like, everything that a mother does. Yeah. And it just makes you realize so much more how one useless men are for the first few years <laughs> of a kid's life and just all the things they do. It's yeah, yeah. 
it's amazing. And, and, and we were talking about it this weekend, some of the ways I scared, I must have scared the crap out of my parents, and especially her. Hey. Yeah, she's, uh, I, think but, the, I mean, the, I've got tattoos on my arm of my aunt, uh, from my aunt Jeanette and my grandmother, Maya. Mm-hmm. And uh, they're up there, and uh, I think about them all the time, and they're, they're also there in that pack of great women I've had around me. I'm a really lucky guy. To have, my whole life I've been surrounded by great women. That's awesome. Now, this a good answer. Super good answer. Super awesome. Better. Uh, fourth question. I don't remember. This is yeah, – because this was after the back-to-back one. This is, awful, it's is, good this, the, is it awful? It's not awful. Okay, good. It's, it's, it's Ask fight, me any question you want, man. It's fight-related. No, this is from our last guest. Yeah. This who is? fourth question. Who was, it was uh, Habib and Tommy. Ah, Yes. Um, Wait, but why? If that wasn't a can, it doesn't matter. What's but the they question? asked it. We did it anyway. Okay, fine. It was we were drunk. It's fine. <laughs> I wasn't drunk. We we were like that was like two po- podcasts. Doesn't we matter. were good. Uh, who do you think would win in a fight? Keith with a knife or Walter with a little bat? I don't remember that at all. <laughs> I have no memory of this conversation. It's what I wrote down. Keith with a knife. I have a knife. Walter has like a little bat, I like have a, a small bat, like like what a what a London police officer would have, like a baton. I was thinking like a souvenir baseball bat, like that you would buy, like at a, at a no, 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 a no, like a, like a like a crowd control bat. I was thinking more like a mini, literally a like miniature a, baseball what do you call it, a slapjack, baton, slapjack, an uh, blackjack, a spade, a blackjack. That's leather though. Hmm. I'm gonna pick uh, Walter the big with guy. the bat with the knife. Damn it, that Walter with the bat. With the bat. In the living room, right. it is. What, uh, but uh, <laughs> but because one, he's uh, he's been around the fight game and wrestling. Yeah. Two, he's got uh, a little bit of mass. Yeah, he definitely has size on him. And, and, and so, if he knows at all what to do with that baton, he's just going to be able to swing it to disable you with that knife. Right. And then it's going to be uh, it's going to be ugly. It's going to be over. game I'm over. Concussed. Yeah. Well, plus it'll be your wrist. He's going to go for your wrist first. Yeah. Just try to get that knife out of your hand. That makes sense. I was thinner than uh, Keith about a year ago. Maybe a year and a half ago, I got that. Uh, what is it? The uh, the the George St. Pierre thing. The, 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 the fat pig. What's it? What was it called again? Gordo Fofo. Gordo Fofo. Gordo Fofo. Thing going on now. Got married to, and started managing I a need, comedy I need club. To, and yeah, I know. <laughs> it was, it was uh, 2015. Was rough. Uh, <laughs> so now uh, tables are turned. Ask any question you'd like to hear an answer to from without knowing who you're asking. Oh my goodness gracious! Oh, Could that be, is that is an unbelievable. I was going to do a Frank Zappa and, you know, just go, why does it hurt when I pee? <laughs> um, why does the, your question is, why does why does it hurt ju- when Justin, when Kingsley, Justin Kingsley, pees. Kingsley pees? Yeah, no, so that doesn't work because it doesn't hurt when Justin Kingsley pees. Good, but that's good. Um, that's uh, I got it off the toilet seat. <laughs> what? No, Frank Zappa fans? I like no, Frank Zappa. Yeah, for sure. I'm a Zappa. huge Frank Zappa fan. Um, On vinyl. Oh, yeah, I'm a Call, big vinyl I'm calling guy. it back my, to uh, the vinyl and film conversation at the beginning of the hour. So, what is a good question? To, oh, yes. Um, if you could rob a bank and get away with it without anyone else but you knowing, would you do it? That's a question I asked my father when I was 12 years old. I said, Dad, if you could rob a bank and get away with it, pretty deep question for Would you do it? And well, he said, No, because. I would know, and I'm not that. And I, I think he was trying to teach me a, a value, mm-hmm. uh, uh, some kind of fucking value, something. Then probably later that day, checked out to see if there's any banks you could rob. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, without. I've been in a out. bank when it's been robbed. Really? But, oh, yeah. um, of course you have, because yeah. it's Forrest Gump. Because of Forrest Gump. <laughs> yeah, pointed a gun at me. <laughs> oh Jesus Christ! And I walked right out. 
It's the funniest story because I walked out very funny. in Ottawa and I go next door and it was a commissaire who was in those days, they were veterans because this is the 80s. Yeah. And he's on the phone and I go, the bank's being robbed. And he, he, like I said it five times, everyone in the lobby of the building stopped. They're all looking at me, this 16-year-old kid with a Richie Sports Shop t-shirt on and I'm screaming, the bank's being robbed. And then finally he hangs up and he just looks up and he goes, what? I go, the bank's being robbed. He goes, what do you mean the bank's being robbed? And I'm like, oh, my God. How many things is that possible? So I left, and I went back into the bank. And <laughs> um, I had to see if the other people were okay, and they were leaving through another door. And, yeah, it was neat. So did you, they get away with it? Um, no, they got caught, I think, later on. They had done a few banks in Ottawa right. around those days. And so I, I got in shit with my boss because the cops wanted to interview me. And, and he goes, well, what am I going to do without my change? Because I was there to get change for the cash register. <laughs> and I said, Herb, it's a, it was a pretty big gun yeah. they pointed at people. <laughs> and I have to describe it. But, uh, yeah, yeah. Has Twice a real magnan- re- magnanimous boss. There. Walter, would you? Would you rob a bank? Yeah. I don't know. You don't know? I don't know. Maybe if I was like, you know, if I, got, if, it was like if I got left there and people had to run out real quick and, like, I was the only person there and, like, the vault was wide open and there was just, like, a mountain of money. Yeah. That's how I picture me robbing a bank. It would be just, like, some, <laughs> like, nope, some half-assed robbery. Like, there, there would, like, you know, it would just be, like, it is, somebody would just leave a door open or, like, a safety deposit box open. I was the accidental thief. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm hmm. like, oh, man. What's I, this? No I was kind of thinking of an, uh, of an office space scenario where you just, like, do the fractions of a cent thing and you're just robbing. and Like in Superman knows. 3. Like in Superman 3. Yeah. What yeah. about you? Uh, I'm saying, in my version, it would be more of, a, of a, an embezzlement. More of an embezzlement <laughs> hacking type <laughs> deal. Yeah. Or, you know, the, <laughs> the plot of Superman 3, where they like they round the fractions off into a bank account and then they end up with millions of dollars. And I'm like, I would probably do it. Especially with banks nowadays with their insurance. Because as long as it wasn't there it is. hurting people. There it is. I was waiting for someone to bring, the t- t- to bring that <laughs> up. Banks with the insurance. Because I was like, I mean, I would not really hurting anyone. I mean, they're insured. Exactly. <laughs> That's why. I'd, like, it depends. And even then, it would... I would have to be on hard times. Like right now, no. Like if it was I would like have to be on hard. No, but that's what I'm saying. I wouldn't need it because I wouldn't need it to survive. But if I had a kid and something and whatever else, and I was like, I can make this go away by using my bank scheme, that'd be different. Like I would have to need the money. That then I'd be like, eh. I would have to not need the money. I think. Well, okay. you're I just would, accident- you're, you're uh, a person. Yeah. You're just accidentally in a bank that I was would, abandoned. Exactly. Like the rapture happened. Everybody was raptured out of the bank, yeah. and you're like, hey, it's barely robbery at that point. <laughs> like, money isn't even a thing anymore. It's just walking out. Yeah. The next person says, it "Depends how hungry I am." That's a rock star answer. Uh, yeah, exactly. That's that's it. a rock star answer. Yeah, I think we had pretty rock star answers. <laughs> I think I, I was actually well. Yours you took good. it to a depth. In a distance that I, I was uh, not expecting. So it's good. <laughs> depth and distance. I'm just glad I came up. Yes, depth podcast. and distance. Depth and distance. Another, another hour the of accidental depth and <laughs> with Keith Walter and an unnamed guest. Uh, <laughs> Justin, so this was very fun. Thank you. And let's plug – let's just go over the details of the, the exhibit at the Phi Center. Yeah. George and Guy or George and Guy. Yes. <laughs> Either way, that's why I named it like that. Probably so that George it can and Guy. be bilingual. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is again is photos of Georges Saint Pierre waiting for a metro at Guy Concordia Metro <laughs> Station, right? <laughs> yes. yes yeah. If I was paying attention, I feel like that's yeah. what, yes, next to Guy Carboneau, right? But no, it's <laughs> it's the the aforementioned exhibit, and it's at Phi Center until until uh, the end of January, right? It was uh yeah they extended it because they were, uh, yeah, and so end of January, second floor, it's free. 
Mm-hmm. Oh, it's free. Okay, I was, was yeah. going to ask that, but I wasn't sure if that was bad free. form and so on the when podcast. You, so when you go up the stairs, there's the theater on the left and your exhibit. Yeah, yeah, right yeah. Right. But then it was important that it be free. It was important to be free so that – because my whole thing is I, you want uh, the art people right. to go and like it, but you actually – what what I like about this is I, I've been there a number of times to give friends tours and, yeah. and just to, to mm. walk in. And you were mentioning before how little these photo exhibits actually cost you. There's like so little <laughs> overhead involved. Yeah. So you might as well just you know, give uh, it away like that. No, One of the other things too, <laughs> just, just like thinking about it openly there, like – you're probably going to be drawing some people from MMA who or like fans well, of MMA, fans of MMA who are like, I'm not going to pay to go to a gallery. No, I'm not. an MMA fan. <laughs> now, now you got people who have never been to, a gallery, to an art right. show in their lives to a gallery. Yeah. Who are going out of their way to see it. Yeah. And I know it's the cheesy thing, but if one of them goes, Oh, I like that, and then they, you know, they, they you've done something good. You know, mm-hmm. you're you're what what guys like me try to do is 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 open things. Mm-hmm. Build on positivity, believe in people, and open things. Power of positivity with Justin <laughs> Kingsley. That's awesome. <laughs> uh, and you said, and you mentioned potentially that you're Toronto, or is that not official? Yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, we're uh, we're going to discuss it. Mm-hmm. I'm. A lot of people are saying I need to travel the show. Right. I'm a little uncomfortable showing all my stuff like that. It's actually a very deeply personal mm-hmm. process. But if the demand is there and this, this gallery reached out to me and they said they want to do something, I'll do it. Cool. So I guess if you're Toronto listeners, maybe a Justin Kingsley show at some point in the future. Yeah. And uh, as soon as I uh, finish my uh, my blog website that one day will be done, it'll <laughs> all be there. But if people Google my name and, and I'll, I'll keep uh, people yeah. informed. Don't do the mistake that I did, which was Google your name and then assume that the, the, pre- the press secretary stuff was not you which is what I did, and then it was you. <laughs> was, I was okay. like, because your name was popping up in all kinds of different contexts when you Google you, and I was like, this can't all be right. And I was like, added Center and then looked it up and then read the press release. And I was like, oh, no. Actually, like, yeah, you go to the Center website, they'll be updating probably, you to yeah, the that, Facebook page. That's, that's probably the best place so what else to do you, <laughs> so there's So there's obviously there's the Fisecenter, yeah. 24CH, you guys just yeah. started up because you didn't get to do the early season because of the Winter Classic, right? Yeah, we didn't want to start, then leave for two months, and then come back. Yeah, exactly, so we thought, let's do uh, the second half of the season type of thing. Because Winter Classic is its own show. Yeah, 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 the HL produces yeah. its own show yeah. on uh, Epics and all Epics, that. It's, it's, and they did a great job. It's HBO thing, isn't it? It was HBO originally but now it's epics but yeah. it's the same group of people doing it okay like if yeah. i understand it's the same yeah yeah same company that does it but it's just changed what else do you have anything else you want to talk about coming up in 2016 uh well i'm about to start working on book number three okay and i've got a novel in the works too so that'll be book number four book my number first three is fiction. What's, what's the deal with book number three um i, I have an idea around giving um uh, again a little bit of an altruistic theme but i've got this concept about giving so i'm uh meeting my editor actually in the next few days mm-hmm. and I think we're going to finalize a deal and then so that should be out by next Christmas uh, I think I'm going to write this one in French so cool. uh, translate it in English hopefully if there's a buyer in English but I'd like to try to write it in French part of that Renaissance man thing right and Renaissance um, men have to speak at least you know two languages but right. of course they need to know speak the language that the word renaissance is from right and then another language and another language yeah. so and i also speak the german oh know? yeah yeah very good right that <laughs> your your version of german sounded a lot like <laughs> english with the german oh accent. yeah well you know <laughs> oh that's yeah that isn't the same thing <laughs> it was oh, very shit. good though it was a very yeah good. you know <laughs> yeah Perhaps I do Russian very I'm, good. I'm oh, no, that's word. also the... <laughs> yeah, like, I maybe I just understand <laughs> German. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you rocked some Spanish earlier, so I wanted to... Uh, Did I? Yeah. 
was it just parroting what you said? No, uh, <laughs> pregunta numero dos or something like that. Or oh yeah, no, numero no, dos I question no number two. It, that's just yeah. from ordering drinks on vacation. Oh, very good. Yeah, <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. So, so the book. Um, working. I, I I always got a five six balls uh, floating around in the air trying to juggle them. But uh, looking at film projects, TV projects, book projects, art projects. Awesome. Anything. Anything that's an opportunity to tell a story a little differently. Well, do you want to throw anything up, or is that done? No, that's I, I can't. I do you want to say I February fourth? Nothing to come. You should probably say February fourth. Oh 4th. yeah, well yeah. You've been listening we, to us for ninety-eight episodes, right? If you've been like, <laughs> so you're not. So we have we have had, uh, we could announce that on February fourth we'll be doing our hundredth episode live uh, at Comedy Works, right? Uh, which is a friendly venue for us. Yep. And uh, it'll be like a live episode, which we've never done before. So that'll be that'll be fun. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And see uh, how that goes. Mike Patterson's going to be a part yep. of it. Leland Beckman's going to be there. Uh, and we will have other people, and uh, Justin, you're invited. Thank you, Obviously, man. If you'd like to uh, come hang out. Come out to Comedy Works. Come out to Comedy As long Works. as it's not 99, I'm good. Not 99. Oh. That's like well, a lot of pressure to be episode number 99. Yeah. No, 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 you're not. No you're not, no you're not we, don't know who, we, don't, we don't know who the lead-in is. Is, is. George Round or <laughs> just... I was hoping for Gre- <laughs> just, I'm just getting a, a I, bacon stick. I was hoping like, for Gretzky for 99. Like we're going to be I'd shooting s- up there. I was like know, 99 I, for 99. I think I'd is be a good okay one. with. I'd be okay. With. Yeah, Paul Martin, is maybe Paul Martin? Walter Paul Gretzky. Paul, Paul Martin's Martin. a good one. We'd be yeah. really cool. Is, is he still living in Montreal? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he, yeah. you get to him through uh, Lucy Santoro. She'll really appreciate me putting that out yeah. there. <laughs> so is this, are you being sincere right now, or are we going to get yelled at? No, no. I think you could try. I think it'd be great. Do do it. I saw him a few months ago. He did a he did a thing for Apathy is Boring uh, during the election. Mm. And Mr. Martin is involved in a like a, still a number of organizations and and uh, Aboriginal uh, issues. Yes, uh, stop the plug. Um, yes, stop the plug. <laughs> yes, uh, pretty important stuff yeah, too. Exactly. So, We're not, you know, yeah, that's yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah. He hasn't stopped. He's yeah. a, he's a public servant mm. in his soul, I think, and. Uh, he gave a great speech at this Apathy is Boring event that I went, which is an organization to get young people to vote and care about elections. But um, I, I think he's a great idea. That's a good idea. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I'm going to name drop the hell out of you, too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right. Well, thank you, you so get the name Hey, guys, I'm, thank I'm you so much. Right down. Thank you for letting us into your home. That was unnecessary. That was a pleasure. Thank you so much. It was awesome. Yes. Thank you. You're welcome almost any time. Those sweet, sweet piano tunes you're listening to right now come courtesy of Leland Beckman and Oral Turpitude. Oh man, that was some great podcasting, wasn't it? Anyhow, be sure as always to like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, add us on iTunes, buy our stuff, and basically try as hard as you can to make us happy in every single way possible. Uh, Of course, be sure to check back every day on 9to5.cc for comics on Wednesdays, podcasts on Thursdays, Scott or Sophie's art on Fridays, and seriously, we'll try as hard as we can to get Zombies and Loathing, Fuck Mondays, and Templars back as soon as we can. Thanks for listening, everyone. 9to5.cc We're not working, why should you?